Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. You know, once a month, we like to invite our good friend Taylor Cole onto the podcast and get her take on the different hotels and resorts she's been to. She is the host of Hotel Hunt TV, and this time she's going to join us to tell us about level furnished living in downtown Los Angeles. And then later in the podcast, we'll chat with travel writer and blogger Paula Worthington about her recent visit to Quebec. But I want to start out talking about travel insurance. We could talk about it every week, probably. More specifically, this time, trip interruption and cancellation insurance. Why it's important to have and the difference between the two. And whenever we talk about travel insurance, we like to tap into the knowledge of Robin Engel from Engel International, part of MHS International. And Robin joins us now. Let's talk about how trip interruption or trip cancellation insurance can help. First of all, what's the difference between the two, uh, trip interruption and trip cancellation? So trip cancellation is before you have left on your trip, and trip interruption is if you get interrupted while on your trip. Mm -hmm. So to give you a quick example is if you've got, um, if you get sick or injured before your cruise and you have trip cancellation insurance, you can get reimbursed for any prepaid costs. With trip interruption, and you're going on that cruise, so you fly to Fort Lauderdale, but there's a problem getting you to the next stop, or you're on the cruise and you get left in in an island someplace because you missed your cruise, you may be able to, if there was a, a specific event happen, you may be able to get reimbursed or funds to get to the next destination to get back on your cruise. So let's talk about uh, bad weather, whether it's a hurricane or a tropical storm or a snowstorm. Uh, how does that come into play? And, and a cruise is a good example because here in Canada, we've got to fly, unless you live in Vancouver or uh, East Coast people, but uh, you have yeah. to fly to your destination and uh, sometimes uh, planes get interrupted. How does it come into play with trip interruption insurance then? So as long as the, the problem that occurs is beyond your control and it's not something that you knew of ahead of time before buying the insurance, uh, you should be covered. But you need to check. There's different plans out there. So you should ask questions about what will, be, uh, what will this trip cancellation or interruption cover me for and make sure it fits your needs when you're traveling. Well, you're right about uh, not all insurance policies are the same. Are there any particular words that I should look out for in the policy? Yes, always pre-existing conditions. So in a health insurance policy for traveling, it's the medical condition, but it also could be for trip cancellation. So if you know, for example, that you have a relative like a, a parent in the hospital and they're dying and you know that ahead of time and you buy trip cancellation but you can't go on the trip because, unfortunately, your, your relative died. Well, you already knew about that. So that's, that's technically a pre-existing situation. If you buy a ticket and you already know that, for example, uh, if Cancun got hit by a, uh, a hurricane and everything's destroyed and you can't go, but you buy the insurance after it happened, that's a problem. So you want to be able to go out there before when you buy or pay for the ticket. That's when you should buy your insurance for the trip. So now how, walk me through the process. I'm on my way to Fort Lauderdale, for example, with our cruise, and uh, I'm stuck in Toronto, say, for a snowstorm. I miss my cruise. Who do I call? How do I get reimbursed? Or can I 
you know, maybe catch up with that cruise? Uh, who, who are the people that I contact first? Well, there's two, two things you should do. One is you should contact your tour operator, travel agent, or airline. That's the first thing. Secondly, you should contact your insurance, and they usually have an emergency line or a claims phone number, and it'll be on your brochure, your policy, or your wallet card that they give you. And contact them and ask them what to do, because sometimes what they can also do is help arrange that transportation to catch you up on your trip. So that's a good point. And a lot of times, too, your airline, uh, your tour operator can help you uh, get caught up. Or uh, if there's something beyond your uh, control, they may be able to help you also or give you a credit. So there's a number of different things to look at is get full reimbursement or a credit for the trip or be able to get uh, caught up on your trip and back to the area you should be in. I think the best advice you gave was uh, a few minutes ago, ask questions, lots of questions, right? Always, always. Be a good consumer, ask questions, and don't be afraid. I think as Canadians, we're a little bit nervous about asking those, you know, those consumer questions, but ask them. Good advice. Robin Ingle, president of Ingle International. The website is ingleinternational.com. Pleasure chatting, Robin. Thanks, Randy. So once a month, we like to chat with Taylor Cole. She is the host of Hotel Hunt TV to get her take on the different hotels and resorts that she's visited. The website, by the way, is hotelhunttv.com. Taylor joins us now via Skype. Hi, Taylor. Hey, Randy. Always a pleasure to be chatting with you because you're always going to such interesting places. Uh, This time it's Los Angeles, not too far from your home. L.A. is a big city, so where in Los Angeles did you visit? This time in L.A., and I go lots of different places because I've got family there, but this time I visited sunny California and Level Furnished Living in downtown Los Angeles. Nice. So tell me about Level Furnished Living. I'm getting the impression it's kind of like an apartment or a condo that you can stay at that has all the amenities of an apartment or a condo, yeah? Wait a minute, Randy. You read ahead. Yes, (laughs) it is. It is a really cool blend of luxury corporate housing and it's a boutique hotel. So it has something for everybody, whether you're in town for a Lakers game or a Dodgers game or you're in town to work for a few months. This fabulous place is able to accommodate both. Nice. So now how long did you stay there and give us your uh, first impressions? First impressions couldn't be better. Everything is clean and modern and fresh, and it's a mid to high rise type living structure. Um, when you walk in, each room has a washer and dryer, incredibly large outdoor balconies that are furnished. Um, there's modern kitchens with sleek, clean white lines. There's a gas stove cooktop, um, an oven. They even give you all the utensils and cookware so you can make your own meals. There's a sub zero for refrigerator with a water system so you're protecting the environment by bringing your own container um you know mention the balconies but in the living room they've got a sofa bed sleeper so you may have a one bedroom suite and you can use that living room area for someone who stays over Uh, there's a desk space i mean it's really like having your own corporate luxury apartment Mm -hmm. as well as having all the great things you love about a hotel with the concierge and the service. Um, 
you know, and what I love most, Randy, is they've got phenomenal amenities across the property. Okay, such so as? They've, they've got a huge pool, a hot tub. There's an outdoor basketball court. And some of the Lakers have even played there during their off time. <laughs> <laughs> they have a 3,700-square-foot indoor-outdoor fitness center. Now, compare that to those gyms that you find in the hotels, those tiny gyms where there's like one treadmill and some weights. I mean, 3,700 square feet of indoor-outdoor fitness. So wow. there's no excuse for not working out. No kidding. Well, I could find an excuse, but... <laughs> <laughs> so now... And the other thing that's a favorite of mine is there's a rooftop cinema. So about five nights a week, they get people together and you all just hang out like a community and watch a movie. They've got two barbecue grills where you can cook out with your so-called neighbors uh -huh. at the boutique hotel. Um, so you know, there, there's really starting to be a sense of family while you're staying, whether you're staying for a couple of nights or you've got an extended stay. Very nice. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun watching a movie uh, rooftop. Now, who stays there? Is it, is it a corporate feel to it? Is there families? It is a mixture. How, who, who would the clients be mostly? Yeah, well, what I've noticed is it's it's a good mixture. Definitely, you know, so like millennials and, and upward in age, people who are love the arts and want to be active. Um, sometimes there's people there who are more corporate because they're you know they're in for a big business meeting or conference, and so they're all buttoned down. But of course, you can go out and hang out by the grill and you know cook up some dinner and talk to people or meet some people for cocktails while you're watching a movie. So, you know, it's a nice mix of definitely, you know, corporate and business-minded people, entrepreneurs, young visionaries. Um, you know, I felt a really cool vibe there. And it's right in the middle of the downtown LA area. So you're close to the arts district. So you know, you've got a lot of people who are interested in the arts and the culture and all the great things that LA has to offer. Well, that was my next question is where was it located in relation to some of the, uh, well, obviously the endless list of things you can do in the Los Angeles area. Yeah, downtown L.A. So you're really close to the downtown arts district. So not too far from the L.A. Museum of Contemporary Art. Um, you know, just a quick Uber or Lyft ride over to catch a Lakers game at the Staples Center. Um, the Music Center, Disney Hall is not far away. So um, that's that place with a really cool twisted architecture. So you can go there, the L.A. Philharmonic. Um, you know, of course, L.A., getting around the traffic can be a pain, but with it being downtown, with Level being downtown L.A., there's so much that you can do see within just a few minutes. Yeah, so I suppose you could walk to some of these areas, although I'm not sure the area of, uh, did you feel safe when you were there? And I don't mean that in a bad way to demean L.A., but any big city has its uh, issues, right? Right. You know, and I think always follow smart safety tips when you're traveling. So what, what some of the things I do is make sure that I let someone know where I'm going, um, when I plan to be there. If I can, I'll go with someone else. And that's the thing about staying at level is hopefully you've made some friends and there's a sense of community. The concierge can help you out. And if there's someone that's heading to a nearby restaurant, um, there's a great restaurant called Bottega Louie. Someone else is going there for a seven o'clock reservation. You guys should share um, a car or uh, walk together to mm -hmm. get there. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, you mentioned too the the concierge, and it does have a hotel feel to it. Sometimes when you get to these types of places, you're kind of on your own. You get your key, and and you're kind of stuck to to your own uh, resources. But here, you have a lot of help, right? 
That's right. Um, there's a valet parking down at the bottom level. The, the fitness center has trainers. Um, there's 24-7 room service available. There's also a maid service. So, yeah, you've got some help. I have stayed in those um, vacation rentals. And, yes, I've been left up to my own devices on figuring out what to eat, where to go. Didn't know where to put the trash. There's all these rules, and I was kind of stuck. And so I love this because you've got that boutique feel, which, you know, this much more personalized service, I think, too. How many uh, units are there? It looks like I'm looking on the website now at stayinglevel.com. It looks like uh, quite a few units that you can choose from. There are definitely lots of options. They've got one bedroom, and those range up to about 870 square feet, two bedroom, which is 1250, and then there's a three bedroom. But on top of that, Randy, they have got this massive 15,000 square foot, no, 18,000 square foot penthouse suite. <laughs> I mean, you know, in, in case you need a little more space, Randy, Just I don't know case. about you. The one bedroom might not suit you. So 18,000 <laughs> square feet at the penthouse. How well, about that? <laughs> well, if I, rented, if I rented the penthouse, I wouldn't have to go to the gym because just walking around the penthouse would be enough exercise for me, right? That would you get all your steps in, yes. <laughs> now, now, you mentioned it's right in the heart of downtown LA, which is great. There's lots of uh, shopping. Uh, and, and if you wanted to uh, decide to, to dine out, there's lots of cho choices there as well, right? Yeah, I mentioned Bottega Louie. It's one of the busiest spots in LA. Um, they've got breakfast and dinner. Um, they seat up to like about 250 people there. Um, so it's a gourmet market. Another place um, that's located inside an old garment factory is the Stocking Frame. And that has an extensive craft beer list, if that's on your list. Um, they have pizza. Uh, there's a lamb bolognese with a wood-burning oven. They cook a lot of different things, the pizzas and the lamb. Um, I'm vegetarian, and so they've got plenty of plant-based dishes there, like crispy avocado tacos and Brussels sprout hash. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, now, <laughs> my last question for you, why would you recommend this hotel to, to people if you're chatting at a cocktail party or something like that? You know, I think people are looking for more of a home feel when they travel. That's what I'm hearing from so many of my friends. And although I love staying in those big, massive hotels and all of the amenities and bells and whistles, sometimes you want to say, I went to one of these great restaurants. I want to bring my to-go uh, meal back to the hotel, sit out on the balcony and enjoy it. You know, sometimes we just don't get that time to really relax and enjoy mm -hmm. or I'm working and I need a great place where I can set my laptop up. I can maybe have a bottle of wine, um, work out, um, get to know some people while I'm there. And it has more of that home community feel to it. And mm -hmm. so... Definitely for those people who want a home away from home, I'd recommend Level. It is Level Furnished Living. Again, the website is stayinglevel.com. And Taylor Cole is the host of Hotel Hunt TV. Their website is hotelhunttv.com. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Look forward to seeing you in the States sometime soon.
And one of our regular guests we like to have on the podcast is travel writer and blogger Paula Worthington, who always travels to interesting destinations. That's why we like to have her on to share her experience. Her website is wanderswild.com. And recently, Paula took a trip to visit Quebec, and she joins us now to tell us more about that. Hi, Paula. Hello there. So uh, you, your last adventure was Quebec. Quebec's a big province, so tell us uh, what part of Quebec that you were in. It's a huge province, you're right. I started out in Montreal, and then I traveled to two regions just north of Montreal. One's called La Naudière, and the other one's called Mauricie. So roughly 60 to 90 minutes north of Montreal, not too far. Now, are these touristy areas, or are they kind of off the beaten path? Because sometimes uh, you like to go to those places that are off the beaten I path. I do, <laughs> I do. Well, you know, when people think about winter in Quebec, they think about Carnival, Quebec City, of course, which mm. has been around for a long time. Or they think about sugar shacks, where you can go and taste maple syrup, and that's part of the culture. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff you can do in Quebec in the wintertime. And we'll start in Montreal, because they actually had a festival happening at the time called Montréal en Lumière, and it's a free, open, public festival. They have a slide that's kind of similar to the one that you see in all the photos in Quebec City. Um, they have all these light installations, um, music, places where you can get a hot drink, um, maple syrup sampling, snacks, all the rest of it. So if you look at the calendar, if you're planning a trip to Montreal, um, there's festivals throughout the whole winter, kind of one right after the other in that Caltier de Spectacle. So that was a nice little start. And then headed to um, north of Montreal to an area that has a whole bunch of great winter activities. And one of the things we did we got to this sort of mountain slope, and it looks like at first glance it would be a ski resort, but it's exclusively for tubing. So I think it had about 55 runs, and you <laughs> take a tube up, and there's a little lift that pulls you to the top, and you pick your course, and you go sliding down. And it's great for people of all ages, and what I loved about it is that if people, maybe if they didn't grow up skiing or snowboarding, but they still want to have that classic winter experience, um, it's something literally pretty much everybody can do and take part in. Mm-hmm. I would love to try that tubing. I know they have it uh, in various uh, different uh, areas around Western Canada, but it seems like a lot of fun. And if you uh, have a family, that would be uh, way, lots of fun, right? Totally, yeah. And you can kind of save some of the tracks that are... You know, we we actually started, the first track we did was more, like, family-friendly, like, kid-friendly, because we were all a little bit terrified. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then you can work your way up to the steeper ones, and then you can actually go to another little area where they have these raft tubes that hold, like, eight or ten people at a time, and you can all slide down together, so... Um, lots of families there, a lot of people from Montreal, not, not as much, I'd say that where you get kind of like international tourists, but mm. that, you know, it's really fun to go and take part and do something that the locals would do on a weekend. Yeah. And how is your French, by the way? It's, it's good. I, I grew up <laughs> taking, speaking French at school, so that was okay. But, you know, a lot of people in Quebec, as you get into the smaller towns, it becomes much more francophone, but, mm. um, everyone's really friendly and wants to help you out. So... The other highlight, kind of on the other end of the spectrum in that region, um, we visited an abbey, which um, belongs to a group of monks that used to be the Oka monks, which are famous for their cheese, of course. And about 10 years ago, they moved to this other area, 
and it's called the Abbe Val Notre Dame, and they've now become chocolatiers. And you can go to a store, you can meet the monks, and you can go and buy homemade chocolates. They actually forage a lot of products from the local forest. They're really knowledgeable in that. You can buy different types of teas and um, you know, they, they make all kinds of different products that they house in this store, and it's absolutely delicious. So mm. really interesting to learn about their way of life. They follow a traditional Benedictine um, monastery life. They're up at 3.45 in the morning, and, um, and they give back to the community, and they work alongside a few employees, and they still carry Oka cheese, of course, but lots of really great delectable things that you can try and sample and and just see again a different way of life mm-hmm. chocolate and cheese i love it uh, well yeah <laughs> and it is quebec after all so and what about maple syrup did they have that too they did yeah you can get that in a lot of places and you can actually see um some areas where the maple trees grow and it's i mean it's phenomenal we kind of take it for granted i think sometimes when we're just slathering it on top of our pancake <laughs> breakfast um, but it actually takes 40 liters of maple sap to make one liter of maple syrup. Really? Yeah. So it, it, it'll be, you know, that towards the end of winter, March time, that's when they start to tap the trees and, um, and start to make maple syrup that they export throughout the whole world. Hmm. Now, what were your accommodations like? Where did you stay? We stayed at a few different places. Um, one of the places we stayed was called Sakakomi, and it's a huge, huge log cabin. Like, we're talking, um, you know, 100-plus hotel rooms. Um, and it's perched up on a hill overlooking a lake, and it's really beautiful. It, it's um, really quiet there. You're in the wilderness, but you're still only about 90 minutes from the Montreal airport. And right from that area, you can go ice fishing, you can go dog sledding, cross-country skiing, hiking, walking, and then, of course, in the summer, um, kind of, reverse all those things on on water mm-hmm. um, and you've got all those sports as well so Quebec what they do really well is they have these great little um, escape places whether it be sort of a chalet one other place we stayed was kind of adjoining to a hotel but it was it was a, a chalet home that overlooks the forest um, and the other thing they do really well is Nordic spas they have a lot of like hot springs, sauna areas where you can go and just soak for a couple of hours. And a lot of those places as well will have uh, cabins nearby that you can rent. So um, you see a lot of either historic log cabin hotels or more the cabin, you know, classic cabin in the woods Mm -hmm. that you can rent for a few nights at a time. Uh, Now, if someone's planning a trip there, uh, is there like tour packages or or are you kind of on your own to kind of do everything separately? No, there's definitely tour packages, and um, you can kind of create that kind of a tour experience. Um, You can also build your own. Um, QuebecOriginal.com is kind of the province-wide website where you can look at some of the different regions and see how they compare with each other, and you can kind of map out your own adventure too. So I think, you know, driving there is really straightforward. It's like driving anywhere else in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can kind of make your way around. And other people in the winter, um, they tour around the areas by snowmobile. And they go hotel to hotel uh, on their snowmobiles. Between the two regions we stayed in, of Molisi and La Nodiere, there's about 4,200 kilometers of snowmobiling trails. Oh, wow. <laughs> and did so you it get, intersects everywhere. Did you get a chance to do some snowmobiling? 
I did. Yeah, I probably went about a third the pace that every that you know, like the the real diehards would go. Yeah. But, um, you know, the trails. It's really they're like a a big wide, almost like an extra wide bike path that, of course, you know, covered in lots of snow, and you know, at intersections there's little stop signs, so it's really well marked. And that's become, I think, a really um, big thing for people is whether they take a snowmobile tour just for the day with someone local and kind of get that experience on learning how to ride one. Or you would see people with kind of bags packed on the back of their sled and they were going and creating, you know, a week-long trip staying at these great hotels and chalets and doing activities in between. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a, a fabulous time and a great place to visit. Uh, it's always off the beaten path when we're chatting with you, so it's kind of something unique and new, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and the, the big cities in Quebec are fantastic, too, and um, great to experience. But, it's, it, you know, when you get out into some of these other areas, um, you can really relax and, and be in the forest and enjoy unbelievable food. That could be a whole other segment. Um, and kind of that quieter, little more rural way of life, which mm-hmm. is really beautiful. Paula Worthington is a travel writer, blogger, and a regular contributor to uh, our show. And her website is wanderswild.com. It's always a pleasure to chat, Paula. Thanks. Take care. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.